What do you say, everybody? It's Mick Gillespie, and it is time for another podcast here. Brought to you by Bama Insider. All you got to do is search Bama Insider, Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to be talking Alabama football. This is our show from Sunday night, right after beating Auburn in the Iron Bowl. We talk Alabama and LSU, take calls. We got Tony Sukalis on with us, the beat writer for Bama Insider. He's been at all the games. So sit back, relax, enjoy the podcast, and we appreciate you guys so much. If you want to catch this show live, all you got to do is go to Bama Insider on YouTube TV every Sunday night at 6 o'clock. What do you say, everybody? It's time to talk Alabama football. This is Bama Insider. I'm Mick Gillespie, and we're going to take your calls. Tonight, we're going to talk to Tony Sukalis, our beat writer, about yesterday's Alabama and Auburn game and uh, really just an absolute pounding. Not a perfect game. Not a perfect game, but it was looking like it might be a perfect game for Alabama. Just about total domination for four quarters. Uh, but Alabama uh, just took care of one set of revenges that they have on the docket. And then that sets us up for Alabama and LSU. So if you've got comments, uh, hold those for right now. But get ready to call in. And I want to know what you thought about the game. Also, the the world of college football what is going on right now as far as the college football playoff is concerned on Tuesday night you know we will have an opportunity to talk about the updated college football playoff standings but right now Alabama has just absolutely dominated the voting in the Associated Press Top 25. Same with the coaches' poll. It's Alabama 1 and everyone else. Uh, Notre Dame, though, getting a lot of respect. They've won another big game this weekend at North Carolina, and they beat Clemson already. So you got Notre Dame. Ohio State's in some trouble right now because they might not have enough games to qualify. If they have one more game canceled and they've got Michigan and Michigan State, they're not going to have enough games to qualify for the playoff. And that would really open the door up for other teams. Clemson is at four, eight and one. Uh, I think everyone expects them to handle business next time around with Trevor Lawrence and Notre Dame. But then there's that fourth spot. And is it Texas A&M? They didn't look good in, in a win against LSU. Florida looked really good, but they've got to play Alabama at some point. And then there's Cincinnati and BYU. BYU was totally disrespected in the first college football playoff rankings. I think that will be readjusted. We had some teams fall out of the top 10 losses by Northwestern, who got off to a really good start. They were upset by Michigan State. And um, also um, the uh, somebody else that lost too. But anyway, you, you're looking at it right now where the field is starting to shrink. And if say it one way or the other, if if somehow Ohio State doesn't have enough games to play and it's canceled because of COVID, then all of a sudden it's just it, it really opens the door for a lot of these other teams like Texas A&M that. I've been saying it for weeks. Texas A&M should be ranked ahead of Florida, but Florida's a better team than them right now. And I know they lost to them head to head, and that's why Texas A&M is ranked ahead of them. But um, or yeah, Oregon. Thank you. Put, put, put her up here, Naomi. You you nailed it. It was Oregon, Oregon State. Right? People were talking about Oregon maybe sneaking in there, being that team that kind of gets into the four spot. They lost the Civil War. They lost the game in their state, uh, a last second touchdown, and so. 
A lot of stuff going on, but I guess as I bring on the Bama insider beat writer himself, Tony Sukalis, the biggest thing, Tony, is that Alabama right now is off to just a, a tremendous start. And even without Nick Saban, and I know a lot of you are wondering, is Nick Saban going to travel to LSU? I, I got a feeling he will, uh, but I haven't announced that yet. I mean, he's got to be clear of COVID. Uh, but one way or the other, with or without Nick, this team is just playing great football. Oh, it certainly is. I mean, it doesn't really seem like a team can stop them. I mean, maybe Florida in the SEC championship game. But even even then, I, I really don't know who's going to slow down this Alabama offense. Uh, Auburn certainly couldn't have. Uh, on, on Saturday, Alabama, you know, they, they pretty much rolled right through Auburn. Uh, Mac Jones, five touchdowns. Look, it's kind of interesting. Uh, at, the last two Iron Bowls in Bryant-Denny Stadium, Alabama's quarterback has passed for five touchdowns. So uh, <laughs> it, it, it's just kind of crazy. You know, we saw Tua do it um, in 2018, and now we're seeing Mac do the same thing. Um, and, and I think this offense is just as good as it was last year, just as good as it was the year before. Um, it's got the weapons. Devontae Smith is a guy that just seems to go off every single uh, every single week. And I actually put him in my Heisman candidate you know I, I didn't like to put a receiver there but on my Heisman watch I put him at, at fifth kind of behind the four quarterbacks so uh, a lot of options on this Alabama offense Najee Harris too as well and then the defense is getting better as well Nick yeah yeah I mean and, and you nailed it I mean like the defense was absolutely torched when they played against Ole Miss. And before you answer that, I want to thank everyone for joining us here on the Bama Insider YouTube channel and remind all of you guys to give us a thumbs up, subscribe to our channel. Uh, we really appreciate you being here with Tony Sukalis. I'm Mick Gillespie. The defense was torched by Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. Now, I get it, right? The Ole Miss uh, and Lane Kiffin had the um, they had the formula for Nick Saban, right? I mean, Lane practiced against his team constantly for years um they knew everything that alabama was going to do i don't know if they stole signs or not it doesn't it doesn't really matter i mean they just were great and alabama figured out a way to win the game but the defense looked terrible since then in the second half of that georgia game and on they have been uh, a wrecking ball and i gotta tell you this is a, that was a good auburn team they're not great but they're good but they weren't good on saturday no, I mean, well, Alabama's defense has been doing a lot of this bend but don't break. You know, they're, they're letting teams kind of drive in, but, they're you know, teams are having to settle for field goals or, you know, Alabama will get a turnover. Um, so th that works. I mean, um, obviously there's room for improvement still with Alabama's defense, but you're starting to see some positive signs. They've, they've held opponents under three yards of carry for uh, the last three games. Now, granted, kind of, you know, there's some statistical uh, – you know, things you got to look at. I know Kentucky lost like 37 yards on that field goal. Um, and the Mississippi state doesn't really run the ball, but still you're seeing the running game improve um, passing games, improving. You got, look at a guy like Malachi Moore, who's really stepping up at that star role, man. He's probably the best freshman defensive back in the nation right now. And then we're also starting to see Brian branch develop into the kind of player that, you know, we thought he was going to be. So the, the defensive backs are really starting to improve. And uh, when you got guys already like Patrick Sertan and Josh Job holding it down on the perimeter, I, I, the, the future's bright if it continues this way. Yeah, but the guy that really stood out was uh, – and, and kind of flipping back to offense, but really just – it seems like you go to these Iron Bowl games and someone <laughs> has a, a magical 
night, right? Uh, Derek Henry ran over Auburn down there. I, I mean, it was one of the most amazing nights I've ever seen anyone have. Last year, it was Jalen Waddell. Alabama didn't win, but he had a huge day. Uh, you you kind of touched on it. Um, Devontae Smith had a game against the Auburn Tigers that's going to go down as, as kind of one of the, the greatest performances in the history of the rivalry, to me anyway. I mean, yeah, but like it's it, it, like I said, it, it just seems like Alabama has been putting up those kind of games. I mean, obviously last year uh, wasn't the best, but uh, the, the year before you saw two uh, six touchdowns from Tua. I thought that that was going to be the best Iron Bowl in, in a while. Then you saw five touchdowns from from Mac Jones and, you know, 170 yards from Devontae Smith. I mean, heck, even Najee Harris had 96 yards and a touchdown, and we're not even mentioning him. So, um yeah, if, if this game's played in Bryant Denny, it usually, at least in the, the last few years, it's meant that Alabama's putting up some big points. Yeah, the, appreciate the super chat from Tony. Uh, the defense rocked it yesterday. Love the show and all the content. Roll Tide from Texas. Yeah, I'm telling you right now. Uh, first off, we really appreciate all you guys that are on here and uh, the comments. You know, let's just keep it fun and in, in good spirits. Uh, but at the same time, we really love all of you guys making our show uh, what it is. And so uh, we appreciate the interaction. Um, also, big up to Texas, uh, Texas native right here as well. So, all right, yeah, yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of Bama, like we cover recruiting like no one else. A- Alabama has just been dipping into Texas a lot more than they used to. And I think a big part of that's Nick Saban, but also that this program has just gotten national, you know, and in, in the way that they can go in there and get players. Uh, definitely. I mean, they're getting them from everywhere across the, the nation. You didn't see kids from California come in. So, uh, yeah, just just there's not if you're a star athlete on Alabama is going to find you and it's going to bring you into its program and it's probably going to turn you into an NFL player as well. Well, with all that said, I'm excited because I wanted to see this matchup. And guess what? We get to see the matchup. Alabama against LSU. Um, they, 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 we came out Friday, and that's when the uh, you know the powers that be said, "Hey, we're doing it. Uh, we're going to have Alabama and LSU, and that makes this a lot different. Normally, the Iron Bowl happens, and the next game is the SEC championship, right? Uh, but not this year. Now it's all of a sudden off the Baton Rouge to play the Tigers. And LSU with another lackluster performance against uh, Texas A&M. They lost 20-7. to And then on top of that, Terrence Marshall, their best receiver, uh, just decided to opt out right before the Alabama game. See you guys later. Bye. Good, good, good having fun with you. I mean, that to me tells that that to me tells a lot about the situation down there. Yeah, Mick, I mean, I, I know you're you're super excited for this game, and I know a lot of Alabama fans are excited for this game, and, and they should be because Alabama is probably just going to steamroll LSU. But as far as the actual game and this game being competitive and being a quality football game, I do not expect it to be that. I think you've got an Alabama team that is just rearing on all cylinders and an LSU team that is hanging on by a thread. It just lost its best offensive player. Um, all the motivations on Alabama's side. I mean, 
this is going to get ugly in my opinion. Um, it was already going to get ugly. The, the longer in the season it waited, it was going to get uglier and uglier. I, th- I think LSU's done as a team. You saw it from Terrence Marshall. I wouldn't be surprised if there's people that are going to be playing on Saturday that are just, just mentally checked out. I, I really, if this game's within three touchdowns, I'll be shocked. You know, I think it's going to be really ugly. I think it's going to be a great, you know, Heisman kind of campaign stocking stuffer for uh, Mac Jones. And, you know, I know that's a lot of rat poison, but I just like out of all the games that Alabama's played in recent weeks, this one stands out as like this one's just going to get ugly. Tony Sukas, the beat writer for Bama Insider, covers Alabama, is uh, my guest. We're going to take your calls here shortly, 205 850-0883. So call in and uh, we're just about to get there. But Tony, before, before we let you go for the night, I want to play you this piece of audio and kind of get you to comment on it. Of course, this is uh, Ed Orgeron and um, he's going to discuss his thoughts on beating Alabama last year. I think I know what's coming. He said it's 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 their house from now on. And um, he had some other comments, Tony, in the locker room that were um, kind of accidentally released uh, last year. I got a feeling that we're, we, this is our second LSU week now that there's going to be a lot of that. And maybe the other clip that he said, um, you know, roll tide you on, on, you know, obviously maybe he didn't want that one out, but I got a feeling that's going to play a lot this week for the team. Yeah. I mean, well, when you look at it, he said, you know, this is our house. Well, Tiger stadium for Alabama, that's been their house. Uh LSU hasn't scored a point against Alabama in its own stadium since 2014. Back-to-back shutouts for Alabama in uh, in Tiger Stadium. So, um, you know, Nick Saban can probably say the same thing about with, with, with the role reversal. And and look, that, that game stopped a, a, a streak for Alabama. It was a big win for LSU, and they were having a magical season. So it, you kind of understand, oh, getting – emotional getting excited about that win it was a big win for him I mean he finally beat you know beat Alabama something that he'd been trying and trying and trying to do um and hey look he turned it into a national championship but I think that you know he's gonna have to kind of you know we saw how mad that Alabama got over I don't even know if it was a slight from Bo Nix I don't even know if Bo Nix was actually meaning to to insult Mac Jones when he you know mentioned the word manager uh, or managing in, in his uh, evaluation of Mac Jones. And you saw how Alabama reacted to that. This is quite a bit. This is a, you know, a few steps up from that. Um, I'm sure Alabama is going to use this as bulletin board material. Um, and and I think that, you know, that video will circulate. I think the, the, the one with the, the more profanity, that, that one will circulate as well. And um I, I like I said, I think this one's going to get ugly. I just think that this is a game Alabama wants, and it, you know they, they probably don't want to play it just because it's meaningless. But now that they have to play it, um, I, I think that it, you know they're going to want to prove a point. Yeah, I mean, like I guess to me, it's it's just like you you had that year, and and no one's going to take that away from LSU. They were a great, they were one of the best teams ever last year. But it wasn't like they came in and beat Alabama up 
you know, and, and down the field, it was a track meet that they won. And, and there was a couple of bad mistakes in the first half by Tua, but they couldn't shake Alabama, you know, it, it, and, and then to kind of, you know, do all that talking afterwards. Um, I'm not surprised that, uh, you know, that things have kind of fallen off for them. They had a coach last year and Joe Brady that was, that really should be the head coach to me. I mean, he's the one that came up with the offense. You know, he bolted town with Joe Burrow and, and half of the team. And what's phenomenal that, Nick, that Alabama and Nick Saban have been able to do is that, first off, Alabama doesn't really talk much. It's not kind of part of our culture. You know, like you hand the football back to the official and act like you've been there before. You know, we're not tearing down goalposts and all that kind of stuff, or Alabama isn't. But to to have that season and and to kind of rub it in everybody's face, you knew that there was a chance to have this game. And I just think that Alabama is uh, – I, I feel like if you're Alabama, the, the other part of it that really bothered a lot of people, Tony, was when LSU's players ran down to the Alabama recruiting section and were taunting all of the recruits, you know, like, hey, you got – these guys aren't – this isn't the program anymore. It's all about us. Uh, very classless. And and now the rubber meets the road. You know what? And next Saturday we'll be down. You know, be down at Tiger Stadium for a night game where it's so scary to play at night at Baton Rouge, and we'll see what happens. Right? Yeah, it'll be different. You know, because it will be a less full Tiger Stadium. I think part of you know the allure of Tiger Stadium is that roar and purple and gold. And you know, <laughs> this is one of those cathedrals. That same with Brian Denny. It's 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 kind of sad to see it. You know quarter of the way full but it's still it's still a magical place and i think you know having that night game there will be a, a neat setting for this game and there's definitely gonna be a lot of excitement even if it's not going to be close there'll be there'll be some excitement surrounding this one yeah no doubt about it well i'm about to get to the phone line so if you guys are ready to talk uh want to get your thoughts on this football game give us a call 205-850-0883 tony anything else before we bid you farewell no, just just looking forward to this, you know, to this week, to the rest of the season. Look, I, like I said, this, this one could be a, a high-scoring game for Alabama. And look, there's a lot of records on the line, so that's something to watch out for this week too. Is you know that extra getting that game back on the schedule that opens up the the you know the possibilities for Devontae Smith to, to break some records for Mac Jones, Najee Harris. I, I think you know some of those records that maybe you thought, oh, it's gonna they're gonna take a hit because they only have a nine games schedule well that extra game's now back on board and I, i'm that's kind of one of the things i'm monitoring for the rest of the season what can we read you got anything new up on the site oh uh, definitely well i just came out with a heisman watch um this afternoon kind of uh like i said mac jones it's really mac jones and kyle trask as, as your two main candidates but you know also there's trevor lawrence and justin fields you know I, i'm not sure if justin fields is still really in it and then you know what i also threw in Devonte smith because i think you know if he keeps on up at this pace who's to say he can't sneak in there i really think it's going to go to a quarterback but uh definitely check that out i broke down each candidate and kind of where they are and, and an outlook for each um we have our you know our what we learned from the game yesterday and then, then tomorrow morning we'll have um our monday morning quarterback as well so we'll kind of break down the good bad and different from the iron bowl awesome well thanks tony and uh, keep up the good work and remember tomorrow night we got monday night quarterback right <laughs> and that's where we talk about everything going on in the world of college football so it'll be another day in but um looking forward to having you on that show and and keep up the good work thank you my friend uh thank you all right that's tony sukas and you can read his work uh anytime you want at 
Bama Insider and the Bama Insider site. All right, let's take your calls. Tony, I'm going to take you out, and I'm going to put Coach O back in there. How about that for you guys out there? And uh, I'm going to go to the call line and um, crank it up. How's it going? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Hey, it's Parker from Pensacola, Florida. How y'all doing? Hey, what's up, man? What's up, Parker? How you doing? I'm doing great. Just found out I got to work a double on Saturday, so that means I got to miss part of that Bama LSU game, but I'm I'm looking forward to it. My score prediction, I'm going to say 42-3. Alabama over LSU? Maybe okay. Let me let me rephrase that. Yeah, Alabama LSU. I'm gonna say six sixty two sixty two to three sixty two to three. Wow. Hey, look, they could they, they could have gotten Auburn close to that had uh, Brian Robinson not fumbled there in the uh, fourth quarter. I mean, I just I, I'm so glad that we were able to get that. Um, get that um, game back on the schedule. But real quick, have we clinched the uh, SEC title? Not um, yet. With that win over Auburn? Nope. Not yet. Uh, because right now, um, mathematically, uh, if Texas A&M had lost to LSU, yes. So one more win for Alabama, this would be it. If they beat LSU this week, then they're going to Atlanta for sure. And then, so let, let me just ask a what if question. Okay. I like the what if question. All right. Say Alabama gets a huge win this week to LSU, and then we lose a close one to Florida. Do you see, you don't see Alabama dropping out of the top four, do you? I don't look. That's why the Ohio State game is so interesting to me. If Ohio State has one more game canceled, that five games isn't getting them into their their league championship, and it's not getting them into the uh, playoff. So that all of a sudden opens up another spot. I think if Alabama lost a close game to Florida, they have a, a very good chance of getting in as the number four seed. Um, and and I'm guessing if Florida beat Alabama, it would be close. So. I think Alabama has a good shot if they they went out of of getting into uh, the playoff. But I, I hate leaving it up to to chance. You know, like if I was them, I would I, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. Um, obviously, Clemson's got a loss, and Alabama's loss would be pretty good if they lost to Florida because that's a good football team. But um, I would think that not, would that not be a- what's that, Parker? Wouldn't it be cool to see another Clemson Notre Dame game and then Notre Dame beat them with Trevor Lawrence? Would that not be insane? Yeah. What if? What if? <laughs> I know we're getting into a lot of what ifs, and uh, and I've got to get back into it's taking fun. some other calls. But I'm I'm going to say this before I let you go tonight. And by the way, you know I'm real close to you over here in Fairhope, so we're on the other side of the bay here. But um, what if? <laughs> what if Notre Dame lost to Clemson? They both made it, and then they played again in the college football playoff. Could that happen? I mean, would that be Could enough that Notre Dame in Clemson games this year? Oh my god, that would that would not be that would just be crazy. But um, glad to see Nick Saban's doing good and love y'all show and y'all have a great day and a great evening and always roll tide. All right, Parker, thanks, man. Roll tide. Let me go right back to the phone lines again, and I'm going to bring in one of the, the great callers here. And you guys all are awesome, and I appreciate talking to all you guys. This is Jarek from Buffalo. 
Uh, Roll Tide, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. What's going on, Mick? How you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, like I'm. I, I know that some of us are a little worried about playing this football game, but it, I'm not one of them. I, I wanted to play this game. I, I mean, I I know that it's it, anytime you play, it, you got you take a chance of someone getting hurt. But uh, this is one of those games that I, I think. I think you got to win if you're Alabama, I, because when someone comes into your house and says, this is our house, then let's go. Yeah. It's like these, these players want this. And, you know, you don't think a lot, you don't think Dylan Moses, who, who's from Baton Rouge, who literally lives about what, 30 minutes away from the stadium. You don't think he wants to, to play that game. And, 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 and you don't, you don't, you don't think he's, he's saying to himself, "If I just would have played in that game, I could have had a huge impact, and maybe we could have won this game." Guys like Devontae Smith, Darian Mathis, Christopher Allen—these are Baton Rouge natives. Uh, Christian Harris. These guys want LSU. They want revenge. Uh, you, you look at their, you look at the LSU fan base. I mean, listen, these guys have been talking hot. They, they've been talking crap. Not, we're not going to use the explicit. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to use the worst. But they've been talking for a while, for an entire year. About about beating us in our house, and that they own Tuscaloosa, and then they won the SEC national championship. I mean, enough is enough. Even even to this day, when they're losing, just enough is enough. This is something that I I get that fans are are, are scared for our players, but no, Bama wants this game. Bama Bama wants this game. I want this game. You want this game. We this game has to happen. We got to take care of the Tigers because I, I I'm sorry. Dealing with this for another 365 days of LSU fans saying that we still own Alabama and I'm not hearing that. Oh, and you know what will happen, too. I mean, if we don't play, they're going to be like, yeah, they would have beat us. You know what I mean? Like that, that, I mean, think of the gall of them. Last year, they, they, they won and they had a good team. They had a great team. They had a special team. Uh, it all came together for them. And, and they wrestled a win away from Alabama in a game where Tua fumbled the football, which um, what should have been maybe a touchdown or what, we would have scored a touchdown because it, because it wasn't like LSU played that much defense either. And then he threw that pick six right at the end of the first half. If he doesn't do those two things, and I know there's a lot of woulda, coulda, shouldas in there, but if he doesn't, normally Tua didn't make those type of mistakes. Um, it, it's, it's a different game. I'm not saying Alabama wins. It's just a different game. And um, – and they might have won, uh, but it, but it wasn't like LSU came in and, and put a whooping on Alabama. And, and I, let me pull the card up again because I want to show you what a whooping looks like because there's been a lot of whoopings in this series lately, but none of them have been from LSU. But if you would have just seen that one game, you would have been like, oh, these guys, they own Alabama. You know, you would think that. Oh, my God. It's just. It's just there was it was that was arguably one of Alabama's worst games. Like if you actually look at that, it was one of Alabama's worst games. And they you, the muff punt, the muff punt, which set LSU up in phenomenal field position, literally inside the inside a red zone to score a touchdown. I mean, nothing went our way, and yet it was still such a it was still a close game. Bama was a possession away from winning that football game. So yeah, I give it to LSU they won that game, but I, again, Mick, that that, that ends. That ends next week, Saturday, on ba- in Baton Rouge, a place that we own. Uh, the fact that we, we own Baton Rouge, we haven't lost there since 2010. Um, so, yeah, that's a place that we truly own. But just talking about this game, Mick, real quick, guys. I mean, I, I mean, I mean, there's really, it, there's really nothing you can say. I mean, their offensive line is, it's awful. It, it's pitiful. Um, they have no communication. They, they've lost confidence. 
um, at all. Their run game has kind of just depleted. They're suffering with, with injuries. Uh, the receivers are just, they're too young. Uh, it's a lot of freshmen, sophomores, and they have a lot of huge upside. But, you know, Terrence Marshall, which is, which, you know, Terrence Marshall, Eric Gilbert, which are their two best receivers. Uh, Eric, uh, excuse me, Eric Gilbert, they couldn't get on the football. And then Terrence Marshall, he just, he quit. I mean, you know, you know people can, can say what they like, but he quit on the football team. And then defensively, you know, How about I like that too, by the way, week. just hold it right there. You, you, when your best player leaves the team before the biggest game of the season, what does that tell you? It's, it, it's, it's so dysfunctional. And, and Scott and Scott Lenningham, man, he, he, it is, it's off over there. I mean, uh, it, it's the offense is just too complex. They can't figure out their quarterback situation. Um, TJ Finley and Max Johnson. I mean, it, it's right. It's, it's, it's two freshman quarterbacks. And how can you how can you deal with that? Two freshman quarterbacks that you're that you're rotating on a series on a series basis like that's that that's not going to help develop a quarterback. Uh, if I was that Jordan, I would just stick with Finley because I think he has more potential than Max than Max does. But that's just how do you rotate two freshman quarterbacks in the SEC conference? It just it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And then and then it's funny because their best players, which is Micah Bakersville. And um, uh, I forgot some of their other players in the defensive line. They didn't start them until the last couple of weeks when those when those guys were the players that were dominating practice for LSU all weekend. For some reason, Ed Orgeron excuses, well, they're too young. We didn't we we had some other guys that we like better because of their leadership. And it, it's got to be frustrating for an LSU fan that you're not even playing your best players. I, I don't know what the issue is with 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 Ed Orgeron and LSU over there, but it, I don't know. It seems like to me. That we that as soon as Alabama smacks LSU, there's going to be an excuse that all our players are gone, <laughs> mm-hmm. all our players left. We didn't want to play our best player. We didn't. We didn't want once. It's like they're saving them for next year, where the excuse is going to be, you know, LSU is going to set up this this type of this this huge football game and saying here's our best players when we're a potentially a top five team, and here's Alabama's players in Tuscaloosa, and it's, it's I can already see it now. Um, but no, this is going to be a smackdown. I don't care what LSU's excuse is. We're going to go in there. We're going to smack them. Yeah, I agree. Look, I, I'm with you, and um, and I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, like I, I'm glad that they're playing this game because I mean, you're already cut off two games that you would have normally played, right? You play 12 instead. You're playing 10, and then you start eliminating the other games. Every time, every time they don't play these games, they're missing out on the revenue that funds these schools, right? That funds all the sports, mm-hmm. that funds everything that we get to do. And the fact that we have so much support with all these programs, it's just important to play them anyway. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I, I love when Alabama and LSU play. I, I like going down there. Their fans are uh, obnoxiously fun. You know, like it's a good rivalry. When we got Nick Saban, they became kind of angry, and and they've won some champ. Like they've won some championships. So this is the second one they've won since Alabama got Nick Saban. Yeah. Remember, Les Miles got one, and now and then they got one last year with with Ed O. Um, so it's not like they've been a bad program. They probably would have won more That's had Nick Saban program. not been in here. You know, like because he's he's chomped them off. I mean, he, he, they would have won them one. That what was it, 2012 in the dome when they didn't score. Uh, no one else would have beat them. And then um, there's some other years in there too where they didn't get to the SEC championship game because they got Alabama. But they're they're a fun program. I just thought last year was um, 
I mean, I played that video and I've talked about it. I just, I just think that when, when you got somebody like that, that's on your schedule, you know, if, if you back it up, look, if they beat Alabama on Saturday, I mean, what am I going to say? Hey, you guys, obviously, you know, it's, it's, you're not cocky if you can back it up, you know I mean? So back it up. That's what I want to see. I don't think it'll happen. Oh, I'm sorry. What did you say, Big? No, I just said I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I look. I, that's why you play the game. I just don't. I don't want this game not mm-hmm. to happen and have to wait until next year. I want it right now, and then we'll see him again in Tuscaloosa next year. Yeah, I just, I just, you, you just know you're just going to hear the excuse. It's like it, it's coming. And but when we try to use our excuse that we know last year was arguably well, no, no, last year was the youngest team that Nick Saban ever had. You know, LSU fans don't want to hear it, but then this year goes around, and, and, if, and when Alabama puts the smack down on them, they're going to be like, well, this is our youngest team. Well, what, well, what the heck? Our youngest team put up 11 wins and almost made it to the college football playoff and only lost by a combined five points while your youngest team has been completely dethroned. Listen, LSU, everything went right for them last year, and I, and I always gave that championship team credit because they had their entire offensive line back, you had your entire receiving quarterback, you had your entire defense back, you had the most returning stars in the NFL with your entire coaching staff, and then you brought in Joe Brady, who was who who. If you look at the Carolina Panthers, they have one of the they have one of the top they have they're a top five offense, including in the passing game of the NFL. That's right. So everything went their way last year, and I and that's credit. It's one of the greatest champ is one of the greatest championship teams of all time. But let's not act like LSU after that year was going to have a consistent dynasty. Like, that's the one thing that Ed Orgeron was confident about, that the entire coaching staff was confident about, the program, and the fans were confident about that. They were going to form a dynasty after that. And it just, it, 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 it that's why I, Nick, I, Nick, I want this game to happen so badly. I really do. Because I just want, I just wanted, I want it to end. I want to put an end to the dynasty nonsense, <laughs> to the crap. Because this is, I'm telling you, after this game, Nick, this is going to be huge. For Alabama recruiting, you don't think Sage Ryan is going to look at this game yeah. and going to be like, you know, maybe I, you know, I don't know. I don't like how these players. I mean, there's, there's a lot of young players that are playing for LSU, but they're not being properly developed. Bo, Pili, Bo Pelini and um, Ed Orgeron, they're clashing. Uh, you look at Scott Lenningham, he's clashing. There, there's not, there's not any chemistry there. The players are not developing. I mean, Jacoby Stevens was a, a projected first round pick, and now he's not even projected. He's not even a projected draft pick. And that's because of the coaching. So these recruits, these players, they pay attention to that stuff. And when they see what's going to happen on Saturday, I'm telling you, guys like Mason Smith, guys like Brian Thomas, guys like Sage Ryan – those guys are definitely going to be having a second opinion to potentially go into Alabama. Yeah. Well, look, if I, and, and thanks for the call, Jarek. You're awesome, man. Um, appreciate it. Anytime I'm doing a show, make sure you get time to call in. I love talking to you. Oh, yeah. uh, and I'm going to, yeah, no problem. all right, buddy. See you next time. Thanks. Yep. You know, I, and I'm going to say yep. this too. Jarek brings up some great points uh, about the recruiting aspect of this. If I'm, a, if I'm recruiting against LSU after the game on Saturday, I'm saying, look, how many guys have opted out of Alabama? How many how many star players left? Even if we had a year and we Alabama hasn't had a year like that in a long time. Even if it wasn't a great year. Uh I, I don't ever remember anything like this. So just looking at the guys that are opting out, including Terrence Marshall, like before the biggest game of the year. And I get it. He's gonna be in the draft and he's gonna make a lot of money. But it it, it kind of tells me something else about the culture there. Uh, you got all the allegations that were uh, written up in the newspaper 
of, of some other stuff off the field. They've got some issues. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens uh, to, to LSU's program. But anyway, look, thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. This is Bama Insider, YouTube TV, 205-850-0883. I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough to uh, come back after a, a call that was as good as Jarek's, but I'm going to do it right now and bring on Robert from Mobile. And uh, we'll talk some football with Robert. And I'm going to get to your call. So hang on. If you're behind Robert, we're going to talk to you, and we're going to do this thing. Robert, man, Roll Tide, how you doing? Hey, man, how's it going? Good. Hey, hey uh, I, I guess I think it's going to be the first time this, uh, the line on the LSU-Alabama game is going to be 30 points. I don't think that's ever happened before in the history of this this uh this this game we played with with LSU, but I think the line's, the line's got to be thirty points, especially after that pathetic performance <laughs> last night by LSU. I think Texas A and M, bad Ed Keller Mon showed up hard yesterday, and they still couldn't do anything with with uh, with Texas A and M. Uh, so it'll be Mac Jones could play a uh, half play a uh, half strength and still. We had to get over thirty points on this on that team, so it's uh it, it's going to be no contest. I mean, I'm, I'm at least worried at least worried about that game. So it's about this Auburn game. I knew again you get the revenge factor, and like you and, and if you keep playing what uh, Old Jerron said, you know Nick Saban's still playing what Old Jerron says. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like when I play and that? all of that? Do you like when I play that? Oh. Oh, absolutely! Let's yeah, you keep, it, yeah, keep it up. Play it every chance you get. Robert, you want to watch it with me real quick? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Go ahead, buddy. Let's, let's play it one more time. I mean, look, I mean, you're going to come in and you're going to do this. We, we're going to watch it. We're going to, I mean. Right here in the middle of the damn field. Let's bring it down. Take it on three. Hell yeah. Yeah, everybody was feeling good back then. Really good. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, like you said, it's not as if, you know, you have been boat raced by Alabama in your own place for the last several games. Uh, you, but you couldn't come here saying that you're out. Like you and the previous caller said, you got to do it. You barely won. Tua gave you two gifts, and you still barely won. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, I, you know, I disagree, Johnny, that those two uh, turnovers by Tua cost the game. Those two turnovers did cost us that game. Because uh, Joe Burrows, of course, you, uh, that's an offense that you don't that you, that your offense cannot give them any gifts at all, any help at all. So, also, uh, if you do, if you do, then you, uh, no defense can hold them. And so, and so, so with the, those two turnovers did. Like uh, I didn't blame, you know, Mac Jones turnovers. I said it shouldn't have cost us because Bo Nix is a you know a mediocre quarterback. Okay, using with a, with, a, with a mediocre quarterback, you know you, you get Bo Nix should have got treated last year like he got treated this year by Alabama's defense. If it's up to if it's up to you know somewhat of his usual standard, you know okay great. Even if we gave you two pick sixes, you're not getting thirty points. Uh, even with us giving you two pick sixes, you still aren't getting thirty points. Now Joe Burrow's oh no, you, you can't give him two. Turnovers in a game, your offense can't give him two turnovers. Right. So, okay, now you are begging to get your defense beat, and so and that's so. What, but even all that, if we don't give him two turnovers, you barely win. So, like you said, you didn't come in here and just run us out the building. Right. <laughs> you, we helped you out, and you still barely won. Yeah. So calm down, man. 
I mean, I, I want to put the – I'm going to find the other graphic here. This this is the last five times Alabama's been uh, in Baton Rouge, right? There it is, okay? And then I want to remind you guys of this too. Now, when I was in school, I, I unfortunately, I was there when Alabama stunk and they were losing all these records that they had. They had one where they didn't lose in Baton Rouge from 1969 – with Bear Bryant until Mike Dubose in 2000, and I think it was 2001 when when uh, Mike Dubose was up against Nick Saban. They did not lose one time in LSU, and I don't ever remember seeing a video of Bear Bryant or Ray Perkins or uh, Bill Curry or Gene Stallings ever going on the middle of Tiger Field and yelling something like, this is our house. I have never seen Nick Saban do that. Um, and any of the other coaches that kept that streak alive, Dennis Franchoni might have won there. I can't remember. But to, to have your head coach go out there and, and talk like that, I mean, just – and then the one in the locker room is the one that really put me over the hump. You know, them and, right. that and the kids running down and, and trying to, you know, taunt the recruits that were in town, you know. <laughs> it's just like that's why I want this game to happen. I just want to see – look, because I, I'll tell you, Robert, and I said this before, if – LSU beats Alabama like they said they were going to do, then, I mean, I'm going to have to come on here and eat a, a, a big pile of a, a crow pie, and I'll do it. I'll eat the crow. I'll uh, wear – hey, look, if LSU wins, I'll wear LSU. I'll paint my face purple and gold or whatever their colors are. This is really – there's a better chance the Citadel could beat Alabama right now than versus <laughs> LSU. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, well, you said the best receiver is jump ship on him already, too? Yeah, that, that was – You said that happened? Yeah, yeah. He had over 100 <laughs> yards on uh, of offense yesterday, Terrence Marshall. He's really good, and he's uh, projected to be maybe the 24th best pick in the draft and the fourth receiver. And he said, uh, you know what, I, I'm out, you know, and – I. I mean, here, let me give you a comparison here. And, and and then you guys chew on this, and I want you guys to call in. I'm going to get to your calls at 205-850-0883. Um, and so I'm hanging on with you guys. We're going to talk tonight. So don't think that if you wait on hold that I'm not going to get to you. Um, we, got, we got their best receiver healthy breaking off before the biggest game of the season. And Alabama and LSU – and the last 15 years has been the biggest game in the SEC every year, right? They, we, that's them. Now, we got a guy who broke his ankle in Tennessee, and he's doing everything he can, and he's a, a higher pick than Marshall. This guy's doing everything he can to get healthy so he can play for his team this year. That's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, that, yeah that, that, that shows you the difference in the team. Although I was hoping uh, Texas A&M would really put a stomping on LSU to get to get them like what they are, but it looks like they didn't have to really stomp them because again, bad Kellen Mond showed up last night, so they didn't stomp them as good as well they could have, and they still and LSU still checked out, so, right? So they they already checked out even with you know a mediocre beat, and so the, yeah, I got I kind of don't blame the guy for not wanting because okay, right now you, you your draft stock is pretty decent. If you get shut down by Alabama, you run the risk of that draft stock dropping maybe a little. <laughs> so why so, so why even bother with it? Because you with it for a game, you know you're not going to win. It's like you know you're not going to get not get embarrassed by. It. And Nick Saban's going to want to embarrass him in this game. Uh, I can't believe on the last time we haven't scored over thirty points in Baton Rouge in, in forever. Well, that's going to change next weekend. That's right. for certain. Yeah, uh, they, they better be lucky we don't score sixty points on them. Yeah, yeah. If Nick Saban backs off after sixty points, yeah. But yeah, 
if they deserve this beatdown they're going to get. And like, the only the, again, the only caveat is the uh, potential injury, which is always the case. That okay, that we we're playing an extra game. The Ohio State doesn't seem to have to play. We're risking more injury than they are, and they'll make the playoff with playing uh, three three or four fewer games than we did. So that's a problem. And uh, and yes, so now we go straight from the to, from two you know moderate games to the SEC championship. Now, if we both race them like we should, and Bryce Young gets in there, you know, by halftime, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then, then uh, it won't be so bad. But but Mac Jones got to pad the stats, so we got to get him to pad the stats. Not Devontae to pad the stats, then Najee to pad their stats. Then, but yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward because our revenge tour gets to continue on. It's back to back revenge games, and it doesn't get any better than that. I was kind of not wanting the game at first. Because there kind of is no benefit for us. It's only a liability. But the more before you guys talk, the more I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of do want to get this revenge out of my system, too. <laughs> LSU and Auburn. Hey, look, it'll be fun. I, you know that. And, and I mean, for us. <laughs> yeah, for us. It's going to be fun to watch. I mean, look, I hope no one gets hurt on either side. You know, I mean, they're just kids. They're out there playing. And, uh, and, and LSU, um, you know, they got a lot of issues. I thought they – you know, that, that they, they played one of their better defensive games against Texas A&M and, and really made me question Texas A&M a little bit. But um, Alabama's going to come in there motivated and focused and thinking about last year. And, and that's why you sign up to play football. You, you play football to be in, a chance to be in the games, you know. And I know it's – you were every time – look, every time Smitty's back there returning a kick, I'm like, man, please. Really? Like this, like, yeah. Okay, he's all right, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that that could be a problem. Yeah, Um, I would say I disagree. I watched that game. They they didn't have a good defensive game. Kellen Mondia couldn't throw it in the ocean yesterday. I mean, his passes were just awful. Right. The weather could maybe affected some, maybe, but but for them, and they were dropping passes they should have caught. And he fumbles on the on the one yard line, or you know for. Uh, on the four yard line, and they, they lose that. So it was him playing awful more so than the LSU defense playing good. Well, uh, so yeah, I, 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 we should just have be able to have our way with him. It should be the worst loss for when it gives Alabama in, in my in my lifetime. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right. I, I do. I hope you're right. And uh, I, I just hope that you know that we we get there and we don't have any COVID issues and we play some football. Uh, Robert, thanks for calling in, man. Roll Tide. All right, buddy. Catch you later. That's Robert from Mobile. Great call. Hey, if you guys want to get in on the conversation, 205-850-0883, talking college football in Alabama on a Sunday night. I know everyone here isn't an Alabama fan, but we appreciate all you guys, whether you roll tide or you like the Buckeyes or you're an SEC fan, maybe you're a Tiger fan. This is a fun place to be, and we appreciate you all. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to our channel. We're going to be here on Sunday night. Tomorrow we've got Sunday – actually got Monday night quarterback when I get the days right – and that'll be at 6 o'clock. Tuesday, uh, Kyle will be on. Uh, he'll be doing his thing with Andrew Bone. They'll be talking recruiting. That's uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday at 6, we'll be there to break down the standings, uh, the college football playoff rankings, you know, where we expect Alabama to be in there. The big surprise last week was 
that BYU wasn't anywhere close. Maybe that changes. They didn't play a tough schedule, uh, but that's the situation. So let's get back to the phone lines and uh, we'll get Mike on here from Jacksonville. Mike, how you doing? Hey, buddy, how's it going tonight? I'm doing well. How you doing? Well, you know what I was. Uh, you know, I'm always the one. I'm I'm called the spot man. I, I like to go ahead and uh, undercover just go out to these LSU podcasts and just sit there like a fly on the wall <laughs> and listen what they were, you know, what they say. Let me tell you, last night I was listening to uh, a podcast. This was like about 1230 at night. It was, it went on to like one or something in the morning. But basically this, this is ridiculous, man, what these guys are saying, you know, the hatred is because of Devonte Smith coming to Alabama instead of LSU. Do you know, these jokers is talking about, trying to plot to hurt this kid, man, just because, you know, he's doing so well and he didn't go to LSU. And I mean, that that's what the fan base was talking about. It's like, I wanted to chime in so bad, but I just sat there and listened. But, you know, it's, it's sad that you reach that point. But even even so, you know, just listening, and, and I know they just, uh, the, the wide receiver, you know, quit for the rest of the year. And and I really can't blame this guy, man. I mean, nine rapes, and you you read the USA USA article, mm-hmm. you know, nine rapes, and only seven, and only out of out of the nine, only two of them was brought forward, and they was mediocre players. All these key players now that's in the NFL or you know, it's gone and all this stuff, like they didn't even bring charges against. We talking rape now, and so now you got that outside investigation going. So. People be talking about, you know, what's the deal? Is it going to impact the recruiting? And, you know, I listen to Bone all the time on his show. And it definitely should have an impact because who are you going to listen to? Your parents are right there. You're going to send your kid to a school, you know, that's got all this drama going on. And, you know, you, you're not going to do that, you know, when, especially when they're sitting on the fence where they got two or three options sitting out there. And so I, I'm just listening to this stuff and saying to myself, that LSU has turned into a dumpster fire right now, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And it, that's what I, I mean, that's what I call it. And let me tell you something else. Another podcast I was listening to, you know, now it's a dead period. Correct me if I'm wrong. Recruiting is a dead period right yeah, now, right? It is. Okay. Yeah. The kid, what's the kid, the, uh, the safety, the top safety that just, uh, that just uh, decided to go to LSU. Sage, Sage Ryan. Something like that. Sad. Sage Ryan. I can't. Yeah, it's Sage Let me tell you what, yeah. what happened. Let me tell you what this, what LSU did. This is crazy, man. This is some crazy stuff. I'm listening to the podcast, and the guy was saying, "Yeah, uh, he. I don't know if I, I don't know if Bone was aware of this, but uh, according to the LSU folks, this kid had pretty much made up his mind. He was actually going to come to Alabama at the last midnight minute. He was he had made up his mind to pretty much come to Alabama. Mm-hmm. And what they did, let me tell you, his uh. He's got an uncle that played for LSU. Yeah, Kevin Falk. Can you remember him? A Zoom, Running back. Do you know that they had a – yeah, and, and and they had a Zoom um, conference, right? And all the LSU coaches was on the Zoom conference, including Ogeron and the kid's parents and the nephew, I mean, and his uncle, and convinced this kid to come to LSU, and that's why he made that decision. Hmm. That's illegal. You can't. You can't do that. You know, this is a dead period, man. You can't be talking to these players. They can come on campus, but you can't have any contact with the coaches. So, and the reason why I'm saying all this is the fact that that should just give you an indication of all the stuff that's going on that LSU is willing to do anything at any time 
regardless, you know, in the interest of their school, regardless of how illegal it is. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just kind of look at it, and that's the reason why I call LSU a dumpster fire. And the big thing is, before I get off this phone, and I know, and you, you touched upon this, I never forget last year when, you know, when, when, when Ogeron was in the locker room and on national media, when they had, how does it feel, Coach, uh, Coach Ogeron, to, to finally beat Alabama, F Alabama, okay? You, do you, I don't think that uh, Coach Saban, I don't think he's going to forget that. Mm -mm. And, you know, he knows he doesn't run up the score. And I can guarantee I was on an um, LSU podcast um, about four hours ago, and I, I, I wrote a little note, and they was talking about, the, you know, the, the wide receiver leaving, and they was upset about that. And I put a little spill statement in regards to <laughs> You let them you know. know what? I mean, it's going to be a beatdown this year because I said Coach Saban never – he never runs up the score. You know, he's, he's one of these, these coaches that, hey, he'll put in his second, third stream, let him play and everything. If they score, that's fine. But Or he'll just put the – you know, they can be on the one-yard line, and he'll just, you know, down the ball. I can guarantee you in this case right here, this game, that he's going to run the score as, as far as he can go because, you know, these guys, man, are very arrogant. Their fan base is extremely arrogant. And, you know, they just – especially from last year winning, you won 46 to 41. Right. We played nine freshmen, true freshmen now, yep. that played high school football six months earlier. And then you bragging and with your chest out. So this year, like I, I explained in my, uh, in my uh, statement on the podcast, I say, listen, these guys now, sophomores, they haven't peaked yet, but they have uh, gained a, a tremendous amount of experience. And trust me, you know what? Alabama is known for the elephant. And what does a what what's the characteristic of an elephant? An elephant never forgets. Nope. So keep that in mind, you know. So that's all I gotta say tonight. I'm looking forward to the game. And uh and and one thing before I go, I've got out of Jacksonville here, there's a big, huge, big fan base of Alabama, you know. Oh yeah. Um former students and, and uh and I mean alumni, everything. I mean yeah. we've got we've got it all here. But there's also a, a, a huge influx of uh, Louisiana, you know, folks from Louisiana. Right. Especially when, you know, Trina and oh, all yeah, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. But my barber is a diehard. He's from New Orleans. Diehard. And I'm telling you this story is because he's a diehard Louisiana uh, guy, LSU guy, man. And this guy, even talking to him, he gets offensive, you know, when you when you talk negative about LSU. So him and I, we got, I, I get up on the skin, you know. And so uh, he was talking, and this is what, and you, I think, I don't know if, if it was you or if it was somebody else that called in and mentioned this. They haven't got over Nick Saban. No. They have not gotten over, you know what he told me two weeks ago? He says, well, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't stand Nick Saban. I said, well, what did Nick Saban do? Well, he, he, he went to Alabama. I said, well, okay, he went to the Dolphins. And, and so when he came back, you know, he could have went to any other school. He could have went to Michigan or whatever. You don't go to the opposing school. I say, do you understand what you're saying? <laughs> do you understand? Is that I guess Lane Kiffin shouldn't have went to Ole Miss. I guess right, you right. know, um, that you know, and and Georgia and 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 Tennessee and Pruitt, all these guys, you know, yeah. smart. It's, it's stupid, but they but they still got a grudge for for. Uh, you know, for Coach Saban, and I think it's because of the fact that with the winning, you know, how he has dominated football, college football, he came to Alabama, and they just, 
They hate that, man. Yeah. So they look back and say, that could have been us. And so they just need to get over that. But I'm just going to conclude by saying and get off this phone by saying that I am looking forward to this game. I told my barber, I said, look, put up or shut up. You know, I'm not a gambling man. But in this case right here, you know, hey, let's, let's bet 500. You know, oh, no, 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 no. You know, this is a down year for us. No, y'all talk all that trash, and you know, and, and all this other stuff. So, hey, we're looking forward to the game. But the one thing I, I said in my statement on their podcast is this. I said, you know, our objective is to go in and beat LSU. And they got and not take them for granted because they got they still got four stars and five stars. Right. But the most objective is not to get hurt, you know, and that's the big thing. You know, if we win the game and nobody gets hurt, I'm fine with that. But, man, if we win the game and then walk away with a whole bunch of injuries and, you know, that's a horse of a different color. Yeah. and Another story all together. Well, because fingers crossed, Mike. Down the line. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah, Thanks yeah. for the call from Jacksonville, yeah. Mike. And roll tide to you. All right, road tie to you, and thank you so much, man. Have hey, a anytime, day. man. Call next time. Yeah, he's bringing up a point, but you guys got to remember, and I'm going right back to the phone lines again. And I appreciate all you guys that have held uh, for, you know, to get on this show for a while, and um, and I want you to call back in and and talk football. Two zero five eight five zero zero eight eight three. Hey, caller, where are you calling from, and um, what do you want to talk about tonight? This is Tim from Birmingham. Hey, what's up, Tim? Nick, I'm doing your show, man. First time uh, logging on and uh, a lot of passionate fans out there. Speaking of passionate, we went to LSU in 2008 and we're wearing crimson and white. I have never heard the word tiger meat so many times <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I know. Followed up by, ex- by expletives. But uh, we, uh, we, we got the best of them that day, uh, beat them in overtime intercepted in the end zone so <laughs> anywho um, i was going to ask you um so my list of louisiana players that are starting for the tide Clay bolden Devonte smith dylan moses christopher allen christian harris is that correct did i miss anyone well yeah i mean and then you got these guys look uh, chris allen and um uh, Christian Harris and Devon and uh, Dylan Moses. Not only they're from Louisiana, they're from Baton Rouge. Um, and right on. And, and you were talking about like Nick Saban coming from LSU when he first got to Alabama. I I remember thinking like this is hard for him. You know, he kind of had this tie to LSU. He'd won a championship there. People loved him. He never expected to right. come back to college, and then he ends up at Alabama. And then they were so rude and mean to him that. <laughs> <laughs> like a year, you know, that you could definitely tell it was he was he had hardened to to uh, LSU. But uh, one day when he's retired, yeah. I'm sure they'll bring him back to celebrate the what was it? Oh, three championship that he won there. Um, he's gone down there. He knows all the coaches down there. He knows the talent. And and he has done an excellent job. I mean, not just with this particular team, but you look back through his entire stay at Alabama. There always seems to be another guy from Louisiana that he gets. And that may be one of the reasons why they hate him so much, because, you know, he, yeah. he's always good for, you know, a, another player that either is from there or maybe is committed there. And then they end up coming to Alabama. Yeah. Well, it's a fertile recruiting ground and, and always has been, you know, kind of compared to Florida. So, um, but I've been to some pre-games there at walk-ons and uh, 
they are they have a good time down there, no doubt about it. So, uh, Nick, I was just going to mention my firm is a design firm, and we were lucky enough, blessed enough to be a part of the design team for the new Malmore renovation. So uh, I know where every speaker and every TV is at because that's what I do is audiovisual. And occasionally I get to go back down there and I walk through the locker room and these guys are walking around in their sweats and Mac Jones is walking around and, and our big tight end, Miller Forrestal, glad he's back, Slade Bolden. And I got to admit, I'm still a little starstruck. Yeah. Can't help it. Yeah, it, it it's a special feeling, um, you know. For me, I mean, I've been around this for a long time, not just in in college, but in uh, you know in baseball and being around you know the Cubs for a long time. And you know, it it does take a while to kind of get used to just you know walking into Wrigley or walking into Bryant Denny and 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 the the history that goes with it and the different players that are there. Um, I've I've always loved Alabama. The first game I went to, I told you guys, was the '96 Iron Bowl, and from that minute on, I was just sold on the entire you know process, you know the entire thing. And that was in Birmingham. That was at Legion Field. Um, I'd say to yeah. me, the the game, and and maybe you got one that sticks out to you. Besides like national championship games, and I've been to a bunch of them now. Um, the game that still to me is just above and beyond as far as just the, the crowd was that nine, six win over Philip Fulmer in Tennessee, the, the, the Rocky uh-huh. stop that I don't know why, but that <laughs> I've been, I was at Rammer Jammers on Friday for breakfast before the game, you know, the, you know where I'm talking about the little shop that's right oh, yeah. next to the stadium. Right in the shadow. Yeah. Right in right the shadow. Here. And they had like, you know, they've got a ton of pictures from games that are in there and I'm looking around and I'm going, I was at that one and that one and that one and that one and that one. I'm like, man, I've been to too many of these games, you know, but I have like great memories from most of those games, you know, but I I was trying to think of the game that had like the most intense uh, cheering. And I think it was when, you know, that because Alabama had lost to Tennessee for so long, you know, and then to, um, you know, kind of, beat them and that the way that that game ended it looked like Tennessee was going to go in and score Roman Harper popped that fumble out and um it went through the end zone and then a couple passes and a kick and boom and and they had um Christensen's uh kick uh shoes on the wall in there you remember he was the guy that made all those field goals that season so including the one to beat Tennessee so um but yeah I, I that's yeah. cool how how have the and I haven't had a chance to see it I, I it's been tough to get into the games this year how did the renovations go well you know there were two pieces to it the Bryant Denny but then the athletic facility in the sports science area was a different contract and uh it's amazing there's some videos out showing the locker rooms and Jeff Allen talking about the chairs and all of the hydrotherapy pools, cryo tubes, psychological testing. I mean, they just really, it's, it's fantastic. So, uh, well, look, I'm not going to take it anywhere. I know people want to get in here, but uh, I'm, I'm sure on my age now, but I, I go back to the days of number 22, Johnny Musso. When I played football, that was my number. So hey, God bless you, man. Appreciate hey, it. thanks, Tim. And they, they've had, Alabama has had a string of running backs. I mean, you're going back yeah. to Johnny Musso and, and I mean, like, you know, Bobby Humphrey. I mean, you can go through and um, yeah. you're going to run into just uh, one star after the next. So, hey, call back again, and I appreciate it. Have a great night. Thanks, Tim. Thank you. 
A great call there. He had like a guitar or something and he played like a riff. <laughs> he said they were they were giving him a hard time down in Baton Rouge. If you guys want to get in on the show, it's 205-850-0883. Going right back to the phone lines again and talking Alabama and LSU, maybe the Iron Bowl. We'll, we'll do it all here tonight. Uh, looks like a Montgomery number. How you doing? Uh, no, it's not a Montgomery number, but it's uh, Jeff. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Where are you from? From Alabama. I called you uh, before the before the Iron Bowl. Oh, cool. All right. Well, yeah, let's talk football. What yeah. would you think of the Iron Bowl? I loved it. Uh, you know, I told you the score would be 52-3, to three, but, hey, that's fine. I'm 40, it was close. 2-13. It's, it's, like, it's like them playing Notre Dame again or something. So, you know. But uh, LSU – Oh yeah, man, that, that's a that's a big game for us. And um, I was kind of like the you know the first guy he was talking about how he was kind of like on the ropes about not playing them because <clears throat> it might hurt our season. But I think it uh, what they did was perfectly fine, and I'm ready for the game, and I'm ready to see Coto eat all his words. Oh, so am I. Well, see, here's the, here's the thing. Like, I don't think that there was ever going to be. Uh, an option for Alabama to say we didn't want to play the game. I think that they they put 10 games on the schedule, and that's what the SEC expected everyone to play. Now, they knew that there was going to come a point where they may have to maneuver some things, and and and, and that's exactly what happened. But um, I don't think that there was – I don't think that, you know, Nick Saban can call up and say, hey, we, we, we don't want to play this one because it's going to – you know, we can rest guys and we don't want to get hurt. I, they put 10 games on there, and I think that's what they expect to play. This is a big games rating-wise, rating wise, and I'm not the only one that wants to see what happens. And let me say this uh, before we get into anything else. Uh, thanks for the super chat. Uh, Sherry, and we appreciate you guys listening and, and uh, talking football with us tonight. And again, the phone line's open at 205-850-0883. So if you want to talk some Alabama LSU, then um, you know what? Call us and, and let's talk. But So what do you think about this week's game? I mean, forget about the injuries, just your feelings on Alabama and LSU. I don't care about their injuries. We had injuries last year. They didn't have any mercy on us, so we're not going to have any mercy on them this year. We're going to go in there, we're going to take them out, and we're going to go play Arkansas, and then we're going to take them out. That's, that's it. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, LSU has done, and their fans are so, I don't know how to say it. They're so rude. And I know, I know I'm an Alabama fan. I know how we are. I know we're conceited. I know we're arrogant sometimes. We have a right to be. Look at our team right now. Look at what they're doing. Look at what they're just look at. Look at what they did to Auburn. Look at and 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 then the Florida tries to come in there and say, "Well, you're not doing anything or whatever." But they got to remember they still got to play us in SEC championship game. But like I said, LSU. Uh, <clears throat> getting off uh, subject. I'm looking forward to it because it's a redemption game. And if we didn't play it, like I said, the first. You know, I was like, eh, maybe, but, you know, I, I'm glad we're playing it because if we didn't get to play it, then that would that would be like a, how you say it, a hole in the heart for the Alabama players because they really want to play this game. And Coach Saban really wants to, to be there 
to coach this game, I'm pretty sure. Even though Sarkeesian can do it because look what he did against Auburn. I mean, have you ever heard of an assistant coach beating a, a head coach in a, at, a, at a major university? Right. I mean, you haven't. It's just not it, – it's not heard of. I mean, Sarkeesian went in there and took care of business. Defense uh, yeah. went in there and took care of business. He did a good oh, job. I mean, like, th- there there were <laughs> – I I talked to Max Howe today, and, and I want to remind all you guys, too, that on Apple Podcasts, search Bama Insider, and we've been trying to put up a lot of new content. And, and one of the shows that I enjoy doing is with former coach and, and longtime SEC broadcaster, and I mean just like sports talk guy, Max Howe. And Max has been in Atlanta, and he's been in Mississippi and Alabama and all over the place, and he just knows it and lives it, and, and he's just a great guy. He used to do my college radio show when I was at the University of Alabama years ago for nothing, just right. just to do it. And so, you know, it's 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 been fun to kind of reconnect with him again Um you know, and talk football every Sunday and kind of recap everything. So it's available. If you want to listen to it, um, just go download it for free. Search Bama Insider, Apple Podcasts or wherever. But but we were talking about this today and it's like, um, first off, Nick Saban has this presence on the sideline that it takes years and years to develop. And I, I, there were a couple of times in that game where, something happened and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, this is where they pan the Nick Saban. And he looks like the picture on there. Like he's angry. Like he's taking his headsets off or he's, you know, you fumble the football at the end of the game, Brian Robinson, like you're getting chewed out. Yeah. Like that. It's not just, (laughs) you you can't do that. Like, and this team doesn't do that. And that's a bad mistake to have. And, um, and, and, I know, look, it happens during the course of the game, but it was just like, and then they go down and score and make it worse. You know, like they put a little bit of cosmetics on what should have been uh, a score that was, uh, you know, basically a 14 point swing. I mean, because Alabama should have scored and not them. And and does it really matter? No, Alabama won the game, but it's just, you know, it's just kind of like for the recruiting and everything else. Um, it, there's a there's a point to be made there that that they did their best. They did very 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 good, but they made a mistake. And I love when Nick Saban's on the sideline. But it, but it, but at the end of the day, um, Sark Sark did a nice job, and um, and they won the football game. If Nick didn't complain about something, I wouldn't know how to act <laughs> like that. Right, because he always said he, he's like it is good. We're gonna win it. We're gonna uh, have a good time. Twenty four hours, but the defense has some problems. He always has to have something to say. It's like his his cup of tea, you know. Yeah, he says what he says, and then, and then they fix it. Let Let me tell you a story. This is this is an example of what makes him different than than every other coach. And let me say this too, before I get into this, uh, we appreciate you guys being here on the Bama insider YouTube channel. Subscribe as you watch, whether you're an Alabama fan or you're just a college football fan. Um, we're going to be back at it again tomorrow night, six o'clock with our Monday night quarterback show Tuesday. It'll be Kyle Henderson and me at six o'clock to take a look at the college football rankings was as they come out. And then Kyle and Andrew bone get together after that for uh, an update on recruiting. Recruiting with Bone. A lot of stuff here. Check out the website as well. That's BamaInsider.com. There's a great deal going on right now at the Bama Insider uh, website. $75. You pay $75, you get an entire year. So when you break that down, it's really not that much money per month. And you get all that premium content. Tony Sukalis' uh, write-ups. You get the 
you know, you get Andrew Bones recruiting stuff, you get Kyle's Nuggets, all that, and then you get a $75 gift card to the Nike store. So you get all that Alabama gear. It doesn't necessarily have to be Nike, but there's a lot of cool stuff that you can get with that gift card. So it's like getting it for free pretty much. You just get a gift card to to pay for your subscription. So it's a it's an awesome deal. Check it out right now. And and as we go into the holidays, it's uh for an Al- an Alabama fan, you know, the the membership is a, a great gift. So I appreciate all you guys that are that are hanging out with us tonight. Um, so so let me tell you this story. Okay, so I've been covering right. Alabama for a long time. I've been, I was a student. Uh, I worked for the Crimson Tide Sports Network for years. Right. I I um, I worked for the SEC Network. I, I I've done and I, I did a radio show before I came here one on the flagship station for Alabama. Now I'm doing my show here, and I'm with Bama Insider. Right. Um, I've been around this for. A long, long time, and I've seen a lot of things uh, when it comes to um, you know to Alabama football. And the one thing that I know that I've taken from Nick Saban, the one thing I've learned being around this dynasty is that you don't celebrate a championship and a championship team very long if you want to keep winning. And that's how you that's how you're number one for 13 consecutive years. Well, I also work for the Chicago Cubs and we won the World Series in 2016. I have a World Series ring, which is one of the best things that anyone's ever given to me. Oh, and I'm very proud of that. That's very cool. I get the spring training in 2017 and we're still celebrating 2016. 2018, we're still celebrating, oh, you know, like it, it's a mentality. And, and, it, and I get it. I mean, the team hadn't won a World Series in a hundred and, you know, eight years. And, and it was really special. And it, and it is special. And it's different than any other championship that will be won in our lifetime. But with that said, to be able to do what this guy has done, it's a lot. It, it's just really difficult. I mean, look at LSU this year. You know, it's tough to come back and refocus. And I'm not putting the Cubs down and I'm not putting LSU down or anyone else. I mean, once you're a champion, you're always a champion. But what I'm saying is that Nick Saban is the very best coach uh, in college football. And I guess he and Bill Belichick are the two best coaches in sports. And the reason why is that these guys are able to forget about the championship that they just won and focus on something else, which is their next goal really quickly. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. I mean, and, and the, the same thing with Nick Saban is I've noticed too, is that every time that he does win, he's, he's, he has humility. And before games, he talks about the team like he says, well, they have a good running back. and everything. You know he wants to say certain things about a certain team because he knows he's going to blow them out of the water. But it's just Nick's mentality about the way he is. He's not going to do that. He's not that type of person. Now, he will run this score up this Saturday, like that one guy was talking about. Yeah, He will run this score up this Saturday because Coach O has – done some things that he shouldn't have done and everybody knows this I know he was happy but there's a difference in being a champion and being a a a big egotistical idiot champion you get what I'm saying right you think about it coach O he's not married now he's divorced uh he could be looking at the hot seat if he loses this game because what do they say if you lose to Alabama, you're on the hot seat pretty much, right? He's on his, what, his uh, third year, four year of coaching, something like that. Yeah. And LSU, look at that. Look at, uh, uh, look at Grass Eater. Um, I call him Grass Eater. I'm sorry. <laughs> Les Miles, that's his name. But 
Les Miles, look at him. They took him out in the middle of the season because he didn't beat Alabama. Yeah. Well, so it's, a, I it's think, a big deal if you don't beat Alabama. Yeah, I agree. I think that um, – I mean, I, I don't think no matter what happens uh, in, in Baton Rouge that uh, that Ed Orgeron will be fired this year. But I think that it, it that leash is pretty short a year after winning a championship – uh, I think that, you know, obviously the opt-outs, losing a lot of coaches, you know, these are all things that, that Alabama's Nick Saban has dealt with, you know, losing coaches, losing oh, guys to yeah. the NFL, you yeah. know, uh, some guys transfer, you know, like like Jalen Hurts. I mean, one of the best players we've had, he transferred. Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't a starter, but, um, you know, it still hurt to, to lose him, right? Uh, all these things that Alabama mm-hmm. has dealt with, and somehow they find a way to be consistent, you know. Um, this is – I think Every that, they, I, yeah, right. I think Ed O gets gets a reprieve. You know, obviously the recruiting's going well. Um, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with you know some of this off the field stuff that they're dealing with, um, and and it's also going to be interesting to see what what they do as far as you know the the, the coaching staff that they have, um, you know, going into next year. But you, I, I, he's going to get that benefit of the doubt season because they won last year. And I think that people uh, in Baton Rouge and LSU fans got to appreciate that, look, no matter how he did it, which was absolutely shocking to me, having seen his act, yeah, after seeing this guy act and the, the, the screaming and watching him like run up the street and the tiger walk and a lot of the stuff that he does is clownish to me. And I've heard from people that he's a really nice guy and he's a, he's a good he's a good x's and o's coach and he gets the guys motivated i don't know every time i see him it just seems like like the 60 minutes thing where he's like running down the street without a shirt off without a shirt on you know jogging and all it's like come on man like i maybe down there they like that stuff i guess alabama fans (laughs) they like the guy that wears the houndstooth hat and acts like he's been there before they like the guy that wears the straw hat and acts like he's been there before you know <laughs> it's like when you score a yeah, touchdown yeah. you just hand the ball to the official that's another thing that's another thing with with Alabama, with uh, with Nick Saban and uh, LSU how can they have that much hate for him i don't understand that i mean i know he left i understand that but coaches leave all the time and go to other places right it's not it's not like he he said, "Well, uh, screw you! I'm not never coming back, and and, and you can all uh, go go to hell for all I care." He didn't say nothing like that. He didn't say anything. He said, "I had a uh, I've had a good year, um, you know, and everything was good. We won a championship." Then he left. I mean, they can't be mad about that, right? I'm sorry. I mean, they can't. Well, appreciate they the call, and uh, and look, I, oh, yeah. I, I I'll yeah. tell you this right now. You're right. I mean, the, the, it this is how it is. Like. You, you, they won last year, and then you know they they made all the comments, and I'm going to play those again just so that we can all just kind of remember uh, what what Ed O said. And the locker room for the defense. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me put this graphic back up. Kyle won't let me play the uh, locker room video. I would play it. I would beep it out, yeah, maybe. Yeah, but but and, and he and did look, beep it out before, didn't he? Didn't well, he play it before? I don't think we're allowed to. Play, I don't think I we're allowed to play it. I think that. Um, 
I, I, I don't know. From what I, I've, I've begged, oh, maybe not. but you know, he's the, he's the editor. I'm just uh, a foot soldier in this Bama insider army. Oh, yeah, I, know, I, know. <laughs> I understand that, and that's cool and everything. I, I like Kyle. Kyle's true. Kyle's, Kyle's the best. Kyle. Kyle's a good guy. He's, he's, uh, he's been doing this for a long time, just like you have, and he, you guys do a real good job, and I appreciate it. And uh, we're going to take LSU out, just just like we took Auburn out, and that's all it is to yeah. everybody. Everybody knows that uh, what's going to happen. They don't know the score yet because Nick's going to run that score up. Right, right. Sarkeesian's going to have fun with the offense Saturday. Yeah. Oh, he's gonna, and that defense, oh, oh man, that defense, I remember all that stuff last year from talking about how well, Alabama lost by five points to LSU. It won't be no five points this year, brother. I promise you that. Yeah. Well, hey, great call, and thank you. Roll Tide, my friend. Roll Tide, brother. Later. Phone lines are open. As long as you guys are calling, we're talking. The uh, number is 205-850-0883. Kind of getting you ready and juiced up for Alabama and uh, the LSU Tigers. This has been the big game in the SEC. It really has. Now, Auburn kind of gets in the mix every once in a while, uh, but uh, Alabama LSU has, has meant a lot over the last 15 years. All right, caller, where are you from and what's your name? Hey, am I on? Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm from uh, Mississippi, and I'm Mark Smith. Oh, what's up, Mark? How's it going, man? Uh, it's been good. But um, what I wanted to talk about is, like, I've obviously been an Alabama fan for the season. Since 2008, that year, uh, LSU, you know, it was a 9-6 game or something like that. And um, since then, we've kind of just owned them. And then last year happened. And I've been hearing LSU fans' mouth for about a year. And all I just want to say is next week, whenever this ha- game happens and we drop 60 on y'all, I hope Nick Saban, Matt Jones, Devontae Smith have the biggest smile on their face because this is, I, I believe this is the most talented Alabama team we've had since that, um, I believe 2000, it was the year we went undefeated, but lost in a natty to uh, Clemson. But um, I just, I just don't understand like how Nick Saban is able to recruit, develop, and just put the same product or as good of a product as he put in out last year. Like, what do you have to say about that? <laughs> yeah, look, I don't know how he does it either. I mean, I, I'll, I'm going to throw myself under the bus because, you know, as, as you guys get to know me, you'll realize that I, I'm just going to tell you what I think. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I had no idea that Mac Jones was going to be this good. As a matter of fact, I thought Talia uh, to his brother would eventually take the job and it would be his team. And um, and, and he transferred and it surprised me. And then Mac came back and he has just been Amazing. And I'm, and look, I'm glad. I mean, I've, I've loved it. And, and I, I just didn't think that you could improve as much as he has. And he has worked so hard. He has to have. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. He's smarter. And in a lot of ways, and I love Tua. And you can see Tua's behind me on the wall there, newlifeart.com. Uh, and a, that's a Daniel Moore print. Um, you know, Tua would just he sometimes he would just try to force things too much. He'd run around and, and get sacked or get hurt or whatever. Mac doesn't. I mean like he just throws the ball away. You know, he he is he's like a computer right. out there. 
Um, and, and, and this team is so tight knit and, you know, that's something that Nick Saban's talked about. And, and I think one of the reasons why is it, is that it's old school, whereas like they're all stuck together in this bubble. They spend so much time together that they have just, they love each other. And I mean, it's obvious. Now I don't know that that translates into a national championship, but they're a special team in a lot of ways. And, uh, Mac Jones is a big reason why. Yeah, and like, and like over the past three years since the Clemson dynasty pretty much started, I've been hearing how uh, Dabo Sweeney is the next Nick Saban, the next you know coach that's going to take over. But I'm like, if you really think about it, Saban, you know the history of Alabama is they run the ball, good defense. Not, but recently, he's been having uh, these uh, quarterbacks that have uh, been able to do more than. AJ McCarron. But um I always say like Davo Sweeney, if you flick, look at it, he had Deshaun Watson and now Trevor Lawrence. So it's like he has two I believe Deshaun Watson should have been the first overall pick or the first quarterback taken. But um he has two bona fide Hall of I believe Trevor Lawrence is also gonna be a Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL, but that's too early to tell. But um again, he had two amazing quarterbacks. But Saban has been able to win in different ways. He's had to win with, um, you know, Mark Ingram at that time. Uh, then there was, the, I believe, the championship team that uh, won the year we lost uh, LSU, mm-hmm. that, which was also shocking, which was just amazing. But um, I just don't see Dabo Sweeney. I, I, I need to see Dabo Sweeney win in different ways without having, like, this all-star quarterback at his uh, helm. Yeah, it would be a little, in order to put him in that same realm, right? And you and you bring up a good point about the way that this Alabama program has um, over the what is it fourteen years since Nick Saban's been there? You know how how they have or thirteen? No, I think it's fourteen, right? Two thousand seven, two thousand seven. Yeah. You know they had the textbook stand, scandal. They were off and running, and then you know after they lost all those players because of selling their textbooks, they you know they beat Tennessee and then they lost out, including Louisiana Monroe. Two thousand eight, um, John Parker Wilson's quarterback. You're talking about a team that uh, got to number one and and then lost to Florida in a game in Atlanta that they could have won. They just, they made, you know, too many mistakes against one of the really great teams in, in SEC history with Tim Tebow. Then 2009, it was the same thing. They looked a lot like Georgia does right now, you know, hand the ball off to Mark Ingram. Uh, You had Greg McElroy who talent wise, wasn't a great quarterback, but was smart, could game manage, knew how to get the ball out to people and um, and made the most out of, you know, like, I don't know, like two-star skills, but he went out there and, and won. I mean, he was a winner, and he, he was the next year as well. But they 2010, they had the, the talent, still that same style, um, but th- that team really didn't buy in. And that was one of those teams that should have done a lot better than they did. They lost to South Carolina. They lost to Auburn. Uh, 2011 was when we had the tornado in Tuscaloosa. And those guys all went out there and rallied around the community. They became a close-knit team. That's the team that lost to LSU in in the game of the century, right? And then beat them in the championship game. They they rolled Notre Dame the next year with Eddie Lacy. Um, those teams were all like Georgia was built. 
game management, time of possession, great defenses, took the run away from you. They always seem to have problems with the running quarterback. Uh, there were games where they struggled to score sometimes, but um, they looked like old school NFL teams. And then something happened. And, you know, they, they, they beat um, Clemson in the championship game in 2015. And that was the game where it was like, you know, back and forth, back and forth. And, and you can see Kenyon Drake behind me there in that bronze statue. He scored that touchdown on the kickoff return. That was when I really got the feeling that football had changed. Right. Um, but there was exactly. the point where Alabama, where Nick Saban said, hey, if this is what you guys want college football to be, then that's fine. You know, um, where they started to really change the rules and 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 all of a sudden all the good players, you put them on offense, you know, or all the best athletes and and they became track meets. And, and if Alabama, um, you know, and I'm talking about all the hurry up stuff and the spread stuff and, you know, and there was either you had to decide what you were going to do and you watch Georgia this year. They're a great example of why you have to change your offense with the times. And Nick Saban went out and got Lane Kiffin, the good, the bad, the ugly with Lane. Uh, the, the good is that he's not just good. He's great as an offensive coordinator. You know, he's got, he's got issues um, that, that have haunted him obviously, but he's done a nice job with Ole Miss and he did a great job with the Alabama offense. It was, you know, it's, it sucked that he, you know, he got fired or whatever happened to him um, after Alabama, uh, you know, played Washington in that championship game, because I think they would have won another national championship had Lane Kiffin not been out, you know, but obviously there were some issues yeah. there that, that, that Nick was tired of dealing with and off he went. Right. Um, but that move and bringing him in and changing the offense and and kind of streamlining things and, and getting to this generation of football is what all the great coaches do. Bear Bryant did that before, totally changed the offense, and Nick Saban, you know, did as well. And now you look at it and it's like it's just Alabama scores. They've got explosive players all over the offense. Uh, Devontae Smith had one of the best iron bowls that I can remember uh, at, for a receiver in a win. I mean, like he was just everywhere. And then, you know, last year you had two with, with you know, six touchdowns uh, two years ago. Um, last year was Waddle. I mean, like every time you turn around, like there's someone else doing something magical. But you're exactly right when you talk about the the way that Alabama and Nick Saban have been able to grow with the game of college football. And that's what makes him special. Because I'm sure if it was up to him, he'd go back to the games that were like 13 to 10, you know, grinded out power football, yeah. you know, but it's not the way that it is anymore. Yeah. And like one thing, last thing I have to say, or a question I've, or something I want to bring up is the only real, I say coach I am scared of in the SEC is now Lane Kiffin because I've seen like we've had a couple of years of seeing Kirby Smart and I just don't think he knows enough about the offense and how to run it to beat a Bama defense. But I think Lane Kiffin, he knows the weakness of his Bama defense. Like, I'm pretty sure anytime he's going to play Bama, he's going to pull up some armoring tape and how Gus Malzahn runs the spread uh, offense. And he can he's, he knows the offense, and he's very – he's a savant when it comes to offense in my mind. And he – I think he can get this Ole Miss team if he if he only he only needs a defense. If he can get this Ole Miss team to recruit and get a defense, the Ole Miss could be the well the first of all the 
the best team in Mississippi and also competing with like LSU, Auburn and uh, Alabama for the uh, SEC championship. And yeah. Texas, you know, I'll but tell you what, they're gonna I just score. haven't seen enough from Kirby Smart. Right. They, they're going to score points. Mark, thanks for the call from Mississippi, man. Catch us next time. All right. No problem. I will. All right. Thank you so much. Roll Tide. Let's go back to the phones again. And if you want to call, I'm taking them as long as you guys are calling. 205-850-0883. This is Bama Insider and our YouTube channel. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the channel. We appreciate you guys being here on a Sunday night and talking college football. And I mean, look, I've always thought that Sunday night is a night where we don't have enough college football talk because Saturday comes and then it goes and then the NFL. I mean, I'm not a big NFL guy. I'm ready to talk more college football, and I'm glad that you guys are as well. David from Louisiana, how you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing good. I'm doing really good. What's on your That's mind awesome, tonight? man. That's awesome. Well, I've been hearing everybody talk, man, and I'm I'm enjoying what I'm hearing. I agree with everybody that uh, I believe Bama is just going to really uh, embarrass LSU, like, majorly. You know, and I live in enemy territory over here, like, big time. And, you know, uh, we didn't get to play the original time that we normally was going to with LSU, you know, earlier in this month. Uh, we're playing on December the 5th, you know, so that's 391 days of having to hear uh, LSU fans talk 46-41, 46-41, we beat y'all, we're the greatest team to ever walk on the planet. You know, and I told it, I could tell all of them, yeah, y'all had one of the best seasons that any other college team has ever had. But just imagine if Jerry Judy rubbed Harris, you know, all those big, uh, all those powerful players we had last year wouldn't have went into the draft and would have came back and played again this year of how we would have destroyed teams worse than what we have so far. I, you know, I mean, with all those guys along with uh, Smith and when Waddle was healthy before he got hurt, man, probably 80, 90 points a game. I mean, I, I, that's why I look at it. I mean, the, the, look, it, it could have happened. The the thing about it, it's it's crazy. Is that I'm not I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you're wrong. I mean, think about the the way that Alabama played against Ole Miss, right? They they gave up a lot of points, but they scored a lot of points. And I I don't have the number in front of me, but there was like a stat in that that at the end of the game that Alabama got all but like 49 or 59 yards that they could have possibly gotten in the game, right? They had like a punt and a fumble. That was it. Every other time they scored. So they didn't leave any out there, which tells me that, you know, that that this offense, which it doesn't have Waddle right now, uh, Ruggs uh, and Judy are in the NFL. You got Smitty. Yep. And 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 honestly, some new guys are making names for themselves. Billingsley, I really Mitchie. like Billingsley. Minchie, uh, he catches the ball when they throw it. And I'm watching Auburn's guys do a lot of this, right? And I'm watching Alabama's guys; they just catch the ball. I mean, it's it's amazing, you know, like the, the way that they just hold on to it. it. Makes you a better quarterback when you know you're going to throw it and they're going to catch it. And they don't drop it much, but um, yeah, I, I I could see that now. Uh, and then, and then get those big gashing runs. I mean, I think that to get that many points, though, realistically, you'd have to have 
some turnovers as well. But after watching LSU's offense against Texas A&M, they're going to turn the ball over a lot. They're going to turn yep. the ball like, because yep. they got two quarterbacks and not, not one of them's good. And they're kind of rotating those guys in. Um, it, it feels like I'm watching uh, a race at Talladega. You ever watch NASCAR before? Mm-hmm. And you get into that last laugh. And and you, you remember when Dale Earnhardt used to run there and it, he'd always kind of hang in the back a little bit and you'd get about three laps from the end and all of a sudden he'd be at the front and everybody else would be in a wreck. I just feel like this LSU program right now is about to just end up in a in a hunk of steel on the side of the track at Talladega. They just it feels like a train wreck. Exactly, because. They don't have a leader on offense or really a leader on defense. I mean, you know, everybody, you know, all these LSU fans, they scream and yell, uh, well, we had all these players go into the NFL, we know, blah, blah, blah. Well, Bama constantly puts some of their top players in the NFL, and it's every year it seems like that Alabama is in contention for a national championship, you know, or, you know, things happen like it did last year where they got – uh, beat by that team, other team from Alabama and that one from here and <laughs> where I'm at right now, you know, I mean, it just, you know, you can't win them every single year, but it's just, it's crazy that, you know, if, if Bama got beaten in the national championship or even in a playoff the next year, they're right back in contention again. Right. You know, I mean, and, and LSU couldn't even do it again this year. You know, it's just, uh, you know, and I mean, yeah, I, you know, we can blame it all on COVID-19 and all that mess. But, I mean, you see how Alabama done. I mean, they ain't blaming it on COVID-19. They just kept on scrapping and fighting and clawing and doing what they're supposed to do, you know, like uh, Florida's doing. You know, Florida, I believe Florida's going to give, you know, if everything goes right and something just don't happen where LSU ha- happens to pull this out, you know, because right. anything can happen. Just you, you never know. I just don't see it happening. But if Bama and Florida make it to the SEC championship game, I believe Florida might give Bama some some fits. You know, I mean, Kraft yeah, is a good quarterback. I you know, agree. And, and let me let me ask you a question. Where, where at in Louisiana are you? I've been right up here in the northern part. I originally grew up down south of Louisiana, but I was born in Mobile, Alabama. Okay. And my dad's a diehard LSU fan, but he's also a preacher, and he used to use Paul Bear Bryant in a lot of his sermons, you know. And growing up, I just fell in love with, you know, Alabama football, and yeah, I just yeah. become the black sheep of the family. Hey, you're not you the know, black sheep. And, uh, Your family's right here in Crimson but and I li- White. <laughs> yeah. But I live up by Shreveport, Louisiana okay. area. Yeah, I know where that is. That's over by my buddy Max Howe. Uh, Max lives over there. Well, I'm mm-hmm. going to play you a clip from last year's game, and I just want to get your your comment on it. I want to know what it was like last year and the difference now this year uh, after this this clip right here. You might not have seen this yet, but I've been playing it on here, and I'm going to play it for you and everyone else watching. Everybody, everybody, everybody. Yes, 
just felt like that 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 one win to him in my yep. mind he thought that that was that finally they owned Alabama. What, what was it like down there when you had to deal with that loss? And then what's life like there now for these Tigers? Well, whenever I seen that, that video clip, uh, you know, the next day after the game was over with and everything, and it was circulating all over Facebook and my LSU friends down here were posting it and everything. Uh, if you could have read my blood pressure rating and everything, <laughs> it, it really ticked me off, you know, because yeah. I was like, but I also laughed at the same time because I was like, you know, how many years did it take for y'all to finally beat us? I mean, you know, we had a, we had a quarterback that was, shouldn't have, you know, been really, you know, playing really. I mean, he was just coming off of that ankle surgery and everything else. He was a hundred percent. And I believe if Tua would have been a hundred percent, you know, but I think he was around 90, 95%. Right. You know, if he'd have been 100%, I think it could have turned out differently. You know, I, re- I really do. I do too. Um, but, you know, now that they're losing, you know, they still throw up all the records. You know, we had the quarterback that threw almost 10,000 yards or, you know, all this mm-hmm. mess, you know, all these receivers with all these big, you know, yard games and breaking all these records and stuff like that. They just, they, they, I told them, I said, look, that's all fine and dandy. I said, but remember something, that's the past. This is the present. And the future is fixing to come and smash you in the face come December the 5th, around 7 o'clock, whenever kickoff starts right over here, Central Time, Bama is going to roll all over y'all. Because I'm telling you, Nick Saban put that, on that big old chalkboard up there, every time they walk in that locker room or like practice room or weight room, LSU, we play them, destroy them, you know, and I believe it's going to be a bloodbath. It's, it's not going to be Tiger Stadium no more. It's going to be Tigger Stadium, you know, from Winnie the Pooh. Tigger, <laughs> they're going to beat the stripes off of them. Yeah, I, you know? I, I tend to agree uh, with you. But they'll still use excuses, you know, oh, it's just a bunch of little, you know, new guys, freshmen and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just going to be the same old mess over and over again. That's one thing LSU fans come up with, Auburn fans come up with. Anybody we beat, it's always an excuse. You know, when we get beat, we just bow down and say congratulations. We'll see you next year. Yeah, right. You know, a little bit of class. We don't uh, but you yep. know what? It makes it fun. I mean, like when you know when you when you talk like that, and, and you go at Nick Saban like that, uh, you got to expect yeah. what's going to happen when the next time around. And look, and, and the game hasn't happened yet. I mean, we're all talking. Uh, what did I see? The the spreads like twenty eight and a half or something. They didn't lose yet. Yeah. So they still, you know what? Yep. They could go in there and win. And I mean, like it would be a monumental upset in Tiger Stadium at night. I mean, I can't even believe Alabama's going to show up to play there. I mean, why? Why yep. would they want to go to Tiger Stadium at night to play football? I mean, that's like it's in Death Valley. They might not come home. Yep, they might not. <laughs> the buses might be all on flat so by the time they leave out of there. Right. Possibly burnt to the ground with those people down there. You know, I mean. It's just living in, you know, like I said, living in uh, enemy territory, 
you know, it's kind of like, you know, sending somebody to Afghanistan, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy over here. You know, Yeah. I walked into a restaurant. I'm a police officer. Are you? And, uh, I was, yes, sir. And on my days off, one of my buddies, he called me to go eat lunch with him. So I go over there and I have an Alabama shirt on, walk up in there. And this guy that owns the place is a diehard. I'm talking about diehard LSU fan. And he told me to leave because I had an Alabama shirt on. So I was like, wow, you really going to do that to me? You know, he, he says, it's my establishment. So that's just how they are over here. Some, some people are like that, but you got some that, you know, that have some, there's some here that have class, but that's a very small few people that have right. class over here. It seems like. Well, I, I can tell you, you know, this right now. It, next, if that ever happens to you again, when you're wearing your Alabama shirt into an establishment and they tell you that you got to leave, I I know exactly what you say to them. What's that? Roll Tide and just walk right out. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And go to the next but, uh, place because you know, you know what? All money's green, so somebody will take it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But, you know, I mean – he, you know, a few days later, I went in there in uniform and, you know, which I usually eat there just about every day anyways. It's the only place in town that's got good food. But, um, you know, he apologized, you know, and everything. And I was like, hey, man, it is what it is, you know. I said, just don't let me catch you speeding. So <laughs> he, he just kind of said, okay, fair is fair, you know. But, uh, but anyways. Well, great call, Dave. I'm ready for the – yeah, I'm ready for no uh, for December the fifth, man. I'm just ready for uh, Mac, uh, Devontae, and Mechie and Jordan Battle and all them to to hammer down on these Tigers and beat the stripes off of them and uh, you know make a new breed of Tigers. I and, think uh, you're gonna get your but with that being said, year. brother. I think it's gonna be uh, about seventy to. LSU might get three points out of it. I think 70 to three. Kind of like what we've done to, was that Kentucky? We smoked them by 60. You know? <laughs> hey, look, if they scored 70 it's, it's, on LSU, that would be something. Yep. Yep. I, I want to see them just blow the, the doors off of them. So it shut them up for a while, you know? Yeah. It's, and, it's uh, time. It's and like, time to like zip you them. said earlier, I think uh, if, if, I think he may have two more years as a head coach of LSU, if he has another year like this one, he, he might not even make it through next season halfway. So, but, uh, with that being said, roll tide, God bless each and every one of y'all and God bless America. Yeah. Be safe out there, David. And we appreciate your service, uh, to the community and, um, roll tide right back at you. Phone lines are open 205-850-0883. Going right back to the phone lines. And taking a call from Kurt in Birmingham. What's up, man? Roll Tide. Hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, as you can tell, I'm pretty excited about this matchup. (laughs) Man, let me tell you, I I really don't even think it's a get back. I think it's just like we need to get our players better. It's like just getting better is the key, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't even sure about Orgeron, like, I expect him to say something like that. Like, he was just so hyped and, you know, and he was just so into it. 
because he never knew that this year was. That's why they say you never know what's coming next. So you need to be humble because you never know what might happen. And I think you know everybody always talking about well Alabama got this and they got all these players and how they stay great. And I just look at Kirby and I say get all the best recruits. He took coach. He he uh negatively recruited against Nick and LSU. They negatively recruited against Nick and. Now they get to see how hard it is to keep doing it. You can bring in all the players you want, but if you can't do nothing with them, there ain't no good to you. Right. So, so that's why I got to look at Sage Ryan, like what he did. And I agree. Like, they did have that night, that night call where he uh, talked to them on a Zoom call. But do you, what you, do you think some of those players in the back of their mind, they thinking like, oh, man, I need to, you know, Think about what I'm gonna do. Are you? Are you think he? You think he might decommit? And I think it's a tough decision for any of these kids. I mean, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. You know, his cousins on LSU staff. I remember when his cousin was a yeah. running back yeah, and yeah. he was good. You know, they they Kevin beat Falk. Alabama and Tuscaloosa. I was a student. I remember being at the game. Uh, Kevin Falk, he's good. And I, but you know, at the same time, it's like he, I'm sure Sage Ryan's looking at this, going, "Man, I." I could go play for Alabama. I'm going to win a championship because everybody that goes there at least gets one. I'm going to be coached by the best coach, you know, that I could ever possibly be coached by. And everyone in my state knows it because he's the reason why our program's even on the map right now. Because before Nick Saban showed up, they were middle of the road SEC. But you got all these different people pulling you in all these different directions. Um, exactly. Exactly. he's got to be looking at the exactly. situation too, going, you know, th- something's not right when your best player, you know, opts out before the Alabama game, you know, like exactly. the week before the Alabama game, I get the draft, but th- you only played eight games. Like this isn't even like a normal <laughs> season. Like normally you play 12. Um, and, and that and that kid probably smart. He's probably looking at it going, this receiver's not throwing me the ball. He's going to get me hurt, or I can't take the risk, or something like that. And I, who knows? Uh, at the end of the day, if I'm that kid, if I'm that guy, and I have a chance to go somewhere as stable as Alabama or maybe as turbulent as LSU, as good as it was last year, it's as bad as it's ever been for a defending national championship game in the la- a team in the last – 30 some years for them this year you know they're, they're going to end up under 500 I would go to Alabama but you know what I'm not him and I don't have to live in that state either and it's like you gotta look at like look at Jaden Waddle like he broke his ankle he's, he's still fighting his hardest to get back just to play in a championship game when he's going to be like a top 8-9 pick and he's still waiting like he still want to get back like you can see him on the sideline, he was like hungry. Like he really like he just like just thinking about man when I get back on that field. Like you can look at him on TV when they showed him, he was like he was hungry. He's like he, he's like he was like he wish he could get out there with one leg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I was talking about this earlier, um, you know, with Max Howe. And again, I want to tell you guys that you you need to check out the Max and Mick, Mick podcast. <laughs> Uh, and it's it's free. It's it, Apple, Spotify. Just search Bama Insider, and we do it every Sunday. But I was talking about how Alabama has been able to recruit five-star talent and four-star talent 
with four and five star character or five star character. You know, where five other teams might heart. yeah, with other teams might get a five star talent and he's a one star person, you know, and that's why a lot of these other yeah. schools, their best players are getting in trouble. You know, Alabama's best players are helping make the other guys better. They're doing things for the community. They're, you know, they're representing yeah. our school on TV. They come on and it's like you're you're so proud that the guy went to Alabama because I went there and I just when they're interviewed, you know, they're smart. T- they, they make us all look good, you know, and, and that's because of, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. That's what Nick Saban has been able to do. You know, last two years, yeah. we've had the, the most popular guy on the team get hurt and the guy's on the sideline and he's in the club, in the, in the, the, I don't say clubhouse, in the, the locker room and he's supporting <laughs> his teammates, trying to get back healthy again. Tua didn't have a chance. I wouldn't be surprised if Waddle doesn't miraculously end up back somehow. And I don't know that it's going to happen, but there's just something about this program. When when you see um, uh, Harris, uh, Damian Harris, you see him have that game against the Ravens, and he's getting interviewed after the game, and he's talking about what it was like being an Alabama Crimson Tide they all, running they always back. do it. They it's crazy, man. It yeah. Special and it's like it's like it's like two things I'm gonna say and I'm gonna let you go. It's like I was looking on Twitter and I look down on Twitter and I see the Honey Badger that played for the Kansas City Chiefs and he talking about an Alabama play. He said Malachi Moore looks like the next Honey Badger and I was like, if you go to this tweet, he said he said Malachi Moore looks like the next Honey Badger. I was like, wow, I can't believe he said that. And then I was looking at uh. Remember when Alabama was doing the barber the barbershop talk? Yeah. And they had they had, had CJ Mosley in there. Oh, it was a CJ Mosley or it was a Julio Jones. It was one of them. And it was like they, he was like he used to tell recruits and they used to come and used that to get in the uh they tour. He's like, that man for everybody. He's like, if you don't want to do this and you don't want to do this, don't come here because it ain't for it, it's not for everybody. And he said a lot of recruits respect him. Because he told him, he wasn't just telling him to come. He said, it ain't for everybody. You got to be willing to sacrifice. No doubt about it, man. That's a great way to, yeah. to end your call because I think you, you just hit the nail on the head, Kurt. Uh, Alabama's not yeah. for everybody because it's you got to be able to be a good teammate. You, They want you to hand the football to the official and act like you've been there before. You know, they want you to go to class, <laughs> you know, exactly. and every bit we all make mistakes. I mean, look at Mac Jones, you know, he, he made a mistake. He got a DUI, but you know what? The one thing that I can tell you about Nick Saban is that he's, he's going to stick by people and make them better humans. And I mean, look at Mac now, you know, you can just tell he's just, he's just matured as a person uh, far beyond being able to throw a good deep ball. And I'm sure that 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 having to deal with everything that goes into getting a DUI as a student at Alabama, as a football player, wondering if you're going to get kicked off the team. I'm sure he thought he was going to get kicked off the team. And lo and behold, you know, uh, he went, did everything that you have to do to, to learn from a bad mistake. And and, um, you know, and he's good chance he wins the Heisman this year. You know, and 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 maybe a championship. So we'll see. How do I get that uh the seventy five dollar uh? How do I pay the 
to get the membership to the Crimson. Oh Fox yeah, yeah, that's a great deal. Uh, at, just just uh, email Kyle, Kyle at BamaInsider.com. And uh, and he'll take care of you. And yeah, if, if for those of you guys that are out there right now, this is a you talk about a, a great time to kind of you know kill two birds with one stone, uh, as we say in the in the shopping business. Uh, you can get a, for seventy five dollars, you get a membership to BamaInsider.com, and that's for an entire year. So you could keep it or give it to someone else, and then they will send you a $75 gift card to the Nike store, uh, nike.com. So Kyle will take care of the details on that and just email Kyle uh, at Kyle at BamaInsider.com. Uh, Kurt, man, I appreciate your call tonight. Roll Tide. All right, man. I right, appreciate it, man. Call back. See ya. Yeah, great, great point there. All right, one more call tonight, guys, and we're going to wrap it up. I know I've had a good time talking football with you. And again, appreciate all of you uh, that have been with us tonight. Give us the thumbs up. Subscribe to the Bama Insider YouTube channel. I'm watching the chat, so I see that there are not all Alabama fans on there. But no matter who you pull for, we really appreciate you being here tonight. Who's on the phone and where are you calling from? Hey, Mick. Tim Bryce calling back. I hate to bother you, but logistically, if Nick is quarantined till December 4th, how do you think he gets down to uh, Baton Rouge on the 5th? Are they just going to Learjet him down there? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Is that your guitar? Yeah, I'm playing. Uh, I, that's I'm, awesome. You know, yeah. I love that. Look, I'm, I, I, I'm play, a, I play a little. Yeah, I like <laughs> that, man. I mean, they're the first caller that's ever called on any of my shows and picked a guitar. But I come from a musical family, so I, I do appreciate that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, you, yeah, I do. I, I'm, I think what will happen is that Nick Saban will take that same private jet that he uses to uh, to go anywhere to look at recruits and, and any of the other stuff he has to do uh, to, to get to the football game. So I'm guessing the team would probably go once. once uh, normally they go, yeah. I'm going to say, maybe a little earlier. When I was working for the Crimson Tide Sports network you know occasionally we'd run into nick saban in the airport um you know going from place to place I mean, checking out recruiting you know i was mostly doing basketball and um right and yeah i mean like and, and he just had this little plane i mean <laughs> smooth little plane would just come and boom he'd go off you know so i'm guessing that's how he'll get there um i'm just glad and and just continue to pray for his health because you know COVID's a real deal for for you know older people and um, yeah, and sometimes younger people, too. But most of the time, it's, you know, older people, um, they really you really have to be careful with it. And, you know, um, I, I was just like, hey, that, I didn't want him to be, you know, like Joe Diffie and some other people that, you know, you've seen that have been famous and passed away. And a lot of people that aren't, you know, we've got a family friend that that uh, died from COVID less than two weeks ago. So it's a, it's 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 something that's bigger than football and all that stuff. But I think he's going to be fine. It seems to be mild symptoms from what everyone's telling us. And he's expecting to be down there to uh, I mean, I would love it for him to be there. I mean, look at the look at the graphic that Kyle made for the show. I mean, yeah. <laughs> against Ed Orgeron. Well, Tim, man, thanks. You're going to be our last caller tonight. I appreciate you calling and uh, and at any time, man. Bring that guitar with you and um, you know hit hit a couple of uh, chords for us when you make a point. You got it, man. Love the show. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. And roll tide. All right, guys. Well, look, that does it for. Our Sunday night conversation, again, appreciate everyone that took time out to hang with us tonight. You know, we've had 
you know, hundreds of people uh, join us. And I just would hope that, you know, with 240 on here right now, we get 240 thumbs up subscribers. Uh, for those of you that, um, you know, are diehard Alabama fans, make sure you check out BamaInsider.com. Andrew Bone always keeps us updated on all the recruiting news and nuggets. Uh, Kyle Henderson has, uh, you know, just the inside track on Alabama football. Tony Sukalis is our beat writer. He's with the team all the time. You'll hear him during the Nick Saban press conferences, answering questions and all that kind of stuff. I'll be back with you tomorrow with our Monday night quarterback show. That'll be at six o'clock. I'll have a round table of people that'll join us. Um, we rotate our, our, our folks, uh, Tony, could be on with us. Kyle's on with us some. Um, Trey Yannity's on with us some. He's our intern. It's just been fun to talk football, and we'll, we'll kind of recap what happened over the weekend on Monday night. And then Tuesday at 6 o'clock, Kyle and I will be on at 6 for a look at the college football rankings. And then right after that show at 7 o'clock, Kyle and Andrew Bone will break down all of the recruiting. All right, guys, thanks for watching. Again, appreciate you being here. If you're on Twitter, it's uh, – at Broadcaster Mick. Follow me on Twitter and uh, good night. Roll Tide.